let's be honest. You're probably watching, most likely. Maybe, maybe listening. Episode 93 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. On this episode, we may talk some pretentious cross-country running. We'll see. We may talk a little bit of CFL, and we'll probably talk, we'll most, most likely talk some wrestling. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. Succincted to the point because I have plans. I'm Carlos, and that's Dave. Hello. Yes, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Uh, week has been sort of, well, we've sort of finished up one of what we call quads now in teaching. Uh, so we're park card time. So that's been occupying most of the time other than, you know, being a dad. Was, but otherwise, I mean, it's like I, I'd love to say there was something, you know, earth shattering or really cool that happened this week. But uh, no, the highlight, honestly, the highlight of this week was watching the Stone Cold uh, biography on A&E. Uh, followed by the what's it called WWE's most wanted treasures also on W on uh, A&E where they were searching for various McFoley items okay so uh, this episode so this particular um, episode they were searching for McFoley stuff yeah so this is the first episode that's aired okay. uh, and they were looking for uh, Mr. Socko great which which they got okay uh, well they got everything they were looking for it was just a question of what they had to pay for it or what kind of trade they had to make mm. and they were also were looking for uh, a cactus jack uh vest the okay big thing. so probably like the leopard vest or something like that because no like the like the lumberjack sort of one right oh okay gotcha right okay. so so they got both of those from individual collectors uh, which made me think. I was just curious. This is one of the things. I know this is. We will have some maybe wrestling conversation later. Oh, or no, right we'll now. have it towards the end. We'll definitely have it. But go ahead, ask your question. But but uh, then I'll leave it at this. What is? Uh, do you have any wrestling memorabilia? Not so much. But re- let's revisit that conversation when we get to the wrestling piece at the end. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. I don't really have much, but I'll, I'll talk through it a little bit. We'll we'll, de- we'll discuss it. Yeah, but that's uh, that's that's uh, that's what I got for you, man. I'm sorry. Oh. I wish I had more. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. So I, I've been kind of uh, work, work has been preoccupying a bit, a fair chunk of my time. I've been a little bit tired the last week or so. I did take Friday off to try to take care of a little uh, spring cleaning, honestly, nice. and get some rest. Uh, hasn't worked so far, to be honest. I'm still very tired. But, but with that said, uh, I bought a freezer, and that's part of the spring cleaning necessity uh, for nice, reasons, nice. for reasons to try to take care of some business that I need to take care of. You know, boring house homeowner stuff. I have been making some plans though. Um, I, I have a couple of plans, and we'll, we'll talk about a little bit of that offline. Uh, but I'm do I'm making some moves. I'm making some money moves. That's going to be nice. a big thing coming up. Nice. Here. Working on some stuff. That's going to be key. Uh, another piece, though, uh, collection-wise, things have been going well because uh, that is my hobby. That is what keeps me uh, – that is what allows me to have my distractions and things that I want to be doing. It's And that's mm-hmm. still been chugging along nicely, still kind of doing my thing. But the other uh, interesting thing for me happening right now is going to be that um, – as we start getting into the summertime and everything, I think a couple of little different plans are going to start to come together. I'll elaborate more in subsequent episodes. But for now, needless to say, I am planning things. I have I have plans. Nice. But, um, plans but it's good? good to have plans because then it, it gives you some it gives you a focus. It gives you something to be moving towards. And that's that's number one. That's that's very good stuff. And then we'll kind of see how this plays out because um I've got a couple of interesting things in mind coming up in the not too distant future. Solid. Yeah. 
So I think um, our, our general starting banter, uh, we'll, we'll come back to some, because we'll, we'll have a little banter after, because we'll have some fun with a couple of these topics, for sure. Of course. But, so allow me to intro the next segment we'll get to, unless there's something else you want to add for this piece? No, I think, I think yeah, let's go, man. Okay, so then it is time for me to intro the most special segment we're going to have on the show, maybe, ever. So I'd like to introduce you all to the pretentious cross-country running report by Carlos Alcazar. So yes, I said me, not Dave. No he me. Did. He did. No. Now the important thing is, and I will we'll allude to it, but there's something very important we need to talk about here, Dave. Something really important that we need to discuss. <laughs> we're gonna hashtag save the super league. I don't <laughs> we think we're to gonna do that, Carlos. Yeah, yes, we are. I, I don't care what I have to do. We're, we need for my trolling base. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, l- let's be clear. The reason why this pretentious cross country report is me. I need to start this. This is very important to me here. It's like. For the first and only time ever, I give a shit about this lame sport. Listen, you know, if there's nothing else that I enjoy, it is some good old-fashioned drama, some unnecessary drama, some wonderful, glorious salt. And my God, did we get salt. Yes, I don't did. feel I'm undercutting this, Dave. I feel like I'm selling this exactly correctly. No, I, I like in, in the way everything went down. And obviously, I, I will maybe elaborate depending on what happens because I have lots of notes for this mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like format and how things went down. Mm-hmm. But the time frame that everything went down in it, is also glorious. But I will add one thing before you start, Carlos. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something the Super League or the European Super League has mm-hmm. been something that has been talked about for years. Right. The, that it's not like a, it's not a new idea. Um, but what happened this week or this past week was new. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. I'll let you intro it and then I'll fill in where I feel I, I need to. Mm-hmm. So the reality is I didn't give a shit about any of this. But then it came on my radar almost by accident because of the sheer, um, you know, speed at which it was proposed um, after obviously threatening it for many years or alluding to it or doing whatever uh, these these teams put put these pieces together and then the immediate and very powerful backlash like I mean uh, downright pimp smack by basically England as a country pretty much <laughs> and all I'm gonna say accurate. and all I'm gonna say is Dave has a ton of notes and I don't but all I'm gonna say is I have watched more hours of Sky Sports YouTube content, more uh, ESPN, F, you know, UK, and all this shit in the last week than I have in the last 40 years of life, and I haven't even been alive for 40 years. But, it, because, I mean, that's, it is an accurate statement. It, it, it's, but it was marvelous. I, I was yeah, like, I, I am here for this, ladies and gentlemen. Like you, I you, know it's a, you know it's a big story, reg- and, you know, plenty of trolling possibilities when it's it's soccer and carlos is paying attention oh i oh i was paying attention dave i i had i had my my watch list was like full of like i need some more sky sports i need to watch this (laughs) i need you know what i need i need some footy in my life dave i need i got a whole watch list full of footy all the footy all the time dave all the footy you you calling anything footy i'm not sure if i can take this like dude it enhances the trolling, Dave. It enhances oh. the trolling. Also, like, also, there's just something about you listening to that many people with English accents that also puts me off. Like, it's something like, that doesn't really seem like something that Carlos would do. 
That's a lot of English accents in a very short period of time. All I have to say is this, Dave. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, uh, yeah. It's next level trolldom. Like, I love it. I love everything about it. Everything. How- My only disappointment is that those gutless cowards didn't hold in. Like, hold out for a week. Get yeah. to the end of well, the week. Well, there are still three teams that are theoretically holding out. <laughs> yeah, but they don't count. Like, they don't matter. Okay, so real quick. Um, I believe the original uh, proposal was, um, I believe it was at 12 or 14 teams. 12 teams. Yeah, so Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, 12, Like 12 founding teams, but then yeah. other teams could come in. That is know. correct. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, I believe Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham, uh, Inter Milan, Juventus, Milan, uh, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Yes. There you go. Good old week. Of- I got this, Dave. Good, I got this. Uh, so let so let me say real quick. My favorite part about this is that the rollout was like the botchiest of botched them. Of Instead course. of like a press conference or something, I think it was like a press release or something like that. Like a real basic, like yep. Just like, hey guys, this is, we're gonna do the thing, and then immediately they were like. We must destroy this. All I got to say in the vein of what I just talked about is I may allegedly have watched a live stream of some English people yelling about this that went on for four hours and was had 10,000 concurrent views, including me, because I was cackling. <laughs> oh, so man. Good. Carlos. The salt. The salt. I, I'm here for the salt, Dave. I am so here for the salt. So here for the salt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, you know what? It's, it's interesting because in the beginning, right, when they announced it, mm-hmm. like it was fine. It, like the pieces, like let's put it this way. The framework and the pieces were there, right? So in the sense that, you know, they had a for, they had the teams, they had the format. They were going to play on week, uh, you know, midweek, mm-hmm. right, when they played, basically replacing the current Champions League. It was financed by J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. Right, so lots of money it, behind it. Lots right, of money so you have it. the money behind it. You got the financing, which is really this, what this all boils down to: is money. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, so you you have all that. The one thing you don't have, though, uh, which is which is important, and they were hoping to get, but they, you didn't have. Uh, you did not have any team from France. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which case, really, like PSG is really the only big team, and that's only because they're owned by a country. Basically, uh, I think they're owned by like some Abu Dhabi group, which basically means the country of Abu Dhabi owns them. The other thing you didn't get is you didn't get a German team. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping to either get Bayern Munich or uh, Borussia Dortmund. But the interesting thing about the German league is that they have a ownership model where no one person can own more than 49% of the club. So basically 51% is owned by fans and the other 49% is owned by individuals. Mm-hmm. Right, so that that kind of put a kibosh on that, but it, I mean, it, it makes them look good right now in the way this whole thing fell apart. That's right. Now, one of the other big kind of takeaways is that even though I think they had a mechanism for it, we'll we'll talk about uh, one of our one of uh, the favorite things of good old football. The key is, as you listen to me say the word, just if you got the video, just look at my face when 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 I'm saying things. Um, it, it'll it'll tell the tale. But anyway, so as you watch the football. Um, there was very much an emphasis on some of these richer clubs, which honestly was kind of the underlying crux of this, 
these richer clubs kind of stacking the deck in such a way that they have a permanent membership in this European Super League. Yeah. There would be other slots that would allow the the relegation and promotion and all that mm-hmm. business, um, which is kind of more of an American-style model, which the English may have taken exception to, I'm not saying allegedly, for our live stream. Yeah, no, for sure. Right, because that is a very in, in any American sport, not just uh, soccer over here, right? Mm-hmm. But in in North America, that there is no promotion or relegation, right? That's your right. your league is your league, and mm-hmm. you might get expansion, you might get contraction, based on you know a variety of factors, mm-hmm. but you don't get suddenly the Toronto Blue Jays are a Triple A team because they sucked, mm-hmm. right? That like, yeah. that doesn't happen. That's right. But the, the, the funny thing about it is that, in effect, what really I, I think uh, the underlying angst of it is that if you're outside of that group, and by the way, the fans of those teams were some of the ones that were the strongest opposition to it. Because yes, absolutely. for them, it was uh, very much the way it was possessed and uh, the way it was positioned, I should say, is that for a lot of these folks, it is a crisis of, of the game. And it's, it was made into like an us versus them kind of thing. That's why I'm saying, I was saying to Dave, it's like, it would have made my my year if they had been able to hold out to the end of the week because then I was waiting for the reverse Braveheart moment. It's like, you can take our freedom, but you cannot take our football. And, it, and they're having protests anyway. So even after the thing collapses, yeah, they're still having protests. Right. I mean, the, the, the protests have now turned into, you know, trying to kick the owners, get Correct. them to sell the team. Yes. Right. Uh, and it was Chelsea was the first team that decided they were going to pull out based on a huge fan protest that happened around the stadium in the, in, in the Chelsea neighborhood of London, England. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously once that happened, you know, all the other English teams one by one pulled out. Um, and it, it is interesting though, because one of the points that UEFA has made, so this is the other thing that happened when they, when this came down and there was talk about it even before is that there were threats that, uh, one, basically, they weren't going to allow anyone. If the Super League was formed, mm-hmm. they never really felt they could actually stop the league. Like, right? But what they did say is, okay, well, your players can't play for uh, in the World Cup or That's in right. the in the UEFA, like the UEFA tournament, right? The Euros yes. or or things like that, right? Which could have uh, obviously affected things, but then people are under contract, so that would eventually shaken down who knows, but it, it obviously came to naught. but then they also got the, the other thing was the British government re- got involved and we we're like, we're going to do some kind of legislation to stop you doing this. It's, it's, it's like, it, it's funny because they, I feel like some of the people involved ownership wise are, are now looking at this being like, yeah, we are really dumb and we should have seen this coming. Whereas the own, the president, not the owner, the president of Real Madrid, Florentino Perez, who was going to be the, the top, executive of the super league yeah, it's still it's right. still like this is going to happen and you're like dude like are you completely delusional like are you, how delusional are you on what scale because mm-hmm. now the only clubs that haven't formally left are uh barcelona real madrid and juventus mm-hmm. even though the president of juventus has had to resign from a whole bunch of uh like european football positions mm-hmm. and has also been like yeah it's not happening like, I get that now, right? Whereas the Spanish guy's like, damn it, we're going to do this. And it's like, dude, you have three teams. And I get why they want it so badly is because they're so heavily in debt. Like Barcelona, I believe the number is 100 billion euros in debt. Yeah. Well, that's right? the thing. Like for some of these clubs, it's basically like, it's basically we need this money. The yes. opportunity. Because what happens is, now I'll, I'll get back to my salt in a moment because like I said, huh? you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, but the, but the, the key underlying thing really comes down to 
if you do this and you break away is the is the verbiage, the terminology. If you break away into your own league and do this, you can also sell pack television packages and things related to it. So like one of the networks, so I want to say like BT. Yep. Um out there was BT like Sport. Yeah, like they were that's like I said, I watched a lot of videos. And and they're like, I it's like we hate this. This is terrible. They're trying to destroy the game. And it my my favorite part is there was a literal quote where somebody was talking about like this is not a civil war. This is a nuclear war. And I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Come like, on, man. Drop the bombs. Do it. Um but yeah, the 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 best part is um it, the the like I said the drama Dave the drama it was it was so beautiful it was it was like I said Chef's Kiss it was it was wonderful um, it was glorious so yeah. many indignant English people it was wonderful yeah and it's funny because those some of the people on those networks would have been the people who could have potentially benefited from this right because if you're not like Sky Sport Sky Sports already has a lot of soccer on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the BBC has a lot. I don't know how many games they actually have, but they have lots of soccer coverage. Uh, I know they do the game of the week. So there is there is television coverage that they cover. Right. But a network, if you know, it's kind of like thinking if, if you think like a contemporary example. Right. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of like a third sports network. But if, if you went like, well, they all kind of have right. Like the zone is now sort of the has the mother load of soccer in yeah. in Canada. Right. But, Whereas... let me, but let me throw. But let me throw something at you. The the problem and the reason why, like I said, let's remember that when we're listening to a lot of these networks. Let's take what they say with a grain of salt. Part of the reason they have um, an incentive to condemn this in the strongest possible terms is that yes, they could potentially get the rights to this Super League had it come to pass, but also they're already paying for rights. So yes. in effect, their existing rights suddenly get devalued, and all of a sudden now this this Super League go oh, yeah. So if you want these games. That's separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to need to pony up more money. So your original rights you're already paying for just got devalued because we're not going to play. We're not really going to play games against these teams because we don't care about them. We're going to play in our thing. Um, theoretically, we're playing higher level teams, higher level competition here. So yep. the individual games could be more valuable. So we want a bigger piece of the pie. And you're going to have to pay us separately from what you're already paying. So from the network perspective, they're like, wait a minute, this is bullshit. We already signed a deal. So it's like they were getting the rug pulled out from under them. So obviously they weren't thrilled about it. They're like, wait, you, so you, it would, you know, to use the analogy, it would be like Major League Baseball having Major League Baseball rights. You know, Fox has its games and stuff. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, uh, so the Yankees, the Red Sox, you know, the, um, the Dodgers, the uh, whatever, uh, pick like five or six teams. They decide to break away and do their own, you know, new, you know, new Major League Baseball version. And they're only going to play against each other and have their own World Series and do whatever. And it's like, yeah, if you want to show these games, uh, the rest of the Major League, they can do their thing, whatever. You guys do your stuff. Um, but the rest of us, if you want the games for this package, it's going to be $5 billion. It's like, wait, aren't we already paying like billions for this other package? Yeah, yeah, that's a separate thing. Exactly. So that's kind of a big piece of that. And th- like I said, the righteous indignation was glorious, including them showing clips of British Parliament, and they're like, it's like, we will put whatever legislation we have for. It's like, wait, aren't you the guys who don't do anything? It's like, we will pass this immediately. The yeah, Queen right? will sign it. It's suddenly like, you know, I mean, if somebody, I was listening to another soccer, uh, like a, a podcast specifically about soccer, and the one guy, and I was like, imagine like some of the problems you could potentially solve if they got as much attention, as much, much anger, and you know what I mean, about, about this. Than this did right because it it really, you know, it was basically like 
if you weren't paying attention, you you know, you went to bed one night with the Super League happening and you woke up the next morning when it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's obviously not – that's a, a little bit of a condensed timeline. But it was basically f- within 40 – less than 48 hours from when they said it's happening to when you knew it wasn't regardless of what anyone was going to tell you. But that's – but the but the funny part is like I was legitimately waiting – like if this had continued a couple more days, the reason why I say I was enjoying the whole thing was that if it had gone a couple more days, Dave, I promise you someone would have like invoked Winston Churchill and like stolen bits from his speech declaring war on Germany. Probably. <laughs> and they would have I'm been like they didn't already. Like but they needed one more day, Dave. They they were like the writers were in the process of like, so can we convert this from the from the war speech into like we're going to take on Stan Kroenke? So instead yeah. of Germany, can we just be like we declare war on Stan Kroenke? Yeah, who seems can to we... be the most hated of all the English owners? Correct, but the, but the point is, like I, I promise you, I, I, like I said, it would have been the reverse Braveheart thing. It would have been the, it would have been the Winston Churchill World War II speech. It would have been they would have done the Iron Curtain speech. Like, what do we got? Yeah, it's like what do we got that we can invoke here? It's like exactly. It's like mobilize the mobilize the populace. It's like shouldn't you be mobilizing for a lot of other things? No. This is what we need to mobilize for. And I'm like, don't you have other fish to fry? Isn't there other things you could be? No, this is the only thing we're doing right now. The only thing that matters is this. It's like, that is it. That's why it was great. Even during the coverage of the like protests and stuff that, like, that they had at the stadiums. It's like, yeah, the social distancing isn't happening. I'm like, really? No kidding. You don't say. <laughs> like I said, it was it was marvelous. It was glorious. So that's why I say it was like I was I during that whole bit, I was like, it's like mainline it into my veins. The beautiful, glorious salt, Dave. The salt is it, it brought a single tear to my uh, to my eye. Single tear. Right there. Yeah. Uh right. And and it, it was interesting because it's it's one of those things where like you know if you follow soccer, like UEFA's corrupt. Like the individual leagues in some ways are corrupt. I mean, they had a mass fixing scandal not that long ago in Italy. Like you I want know. to touch on I want to touch on a thing again, since now I am well, but let me let me give you the quote, right? So so basically that the UEFA president called this this league full of snakes. Correct. Yeah. Right. And then uh, you know, one of the players banned and it's like, dude, your your entire organization is full of snakes. Like it's so hypocritical. Like I get why you don't want it to happen, and I also get why the fans don't want it to happen. Uh, and and I guess if anything, I'm glad it didn't happen because for those people who care so passionately about it, right? But the other thing is, which is the one I think good point that um, that he made about this, right? Is in your Super League, is okay. Well, right now, like historically, okay, Bayern Munich. Like, there's a few teams in here that have been good throughout, you know, basically the history uh, and and for quite some time of their league, right? But right now, and I'm I'm an Arsenal fan. All right. Arsenal's like 10th in the Premier League they, they, and they just lost on Friday. Like they're actually kind of shit right now. They're, I mean, they're very mediocre, right? They're not an elite team by any stretch of the imagination, right? Uh, neither are Tottenham, right? They're, Tottenham hasn't won a trophy since 2008, I think, and haven't won like the league since the 60s, right? There's a couple of teams in here that have no business being in this super league. You know, because you've been good or because you it's like, hey, we got money. We're going to be in the Super League. And you're like, dude, you're in like 10th place. Like, shut the but that, fuck up. That, that, was the, that was one of the key issues that some people had with it is that it was strictly the, the main the main teams included 
were there for financial reasons. Yes. Even if the team it's themselves was inferior, even if they like were not on merit, would not have qualified for that had it been a merit-based system. And um, they had slots open, but the majority of the slots would be occupied basically permanently. So we can use, you know, if we want to use the analogy, it's like the United Nations. There's certain there's certain countries that are permanent. Like they're the Security Council, right? Yeah, they're yeah, there. You're five permanent members, and then you're yeah. ten rotating members. Yep. Everybody else can be switched up, but you are here every single time, no matter what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the that was why I say like the analogy was there. So like, like I said, as as you know, resident uh, as footy expert that I am. I have, I have carefully evaluated. <laughs> you these are the footy expert now. I, with, with, on this on this matter, Dave, I, I am as well versed as anyone else. <laughs> For the Super League, yes. Yeah. No, hashtag save the Super League, Dave. Hashtag save the Super League. We this is what we need in our lives. It's like they took the AAF from us, Dave. They took the XFL from us. We have to save the Super League. We cannot have this now, Car- Carlos. You're doing this because you're trolling because this is going to cause a disaster. Listen, that's not the point. The point is, we need this in our lives, is what we need. We need this. Yes. But um, the funny thing, and I want to kind of bring it back to the other piece, because I, I can have more fun. The salt thing, I can have so much fun for like days. Like, it's not even like days. Days. It's true. It's true. And, I, and I enjoyed it for days. I did. Um, but the best part about this is, in the grand scheme of all the righteous indignation of all of it, UEFA introduced its own new format, which people think is shit too. Yes. So they're the Champions League currently, what they do, they have 32 teams. Uh, and they each play, you know, group of four. Two teams from each group go on to a knockout stage. And then they play home and away each round until you get to uh, one team that wins in a one-off championship game. And now they're deciding they want to do 36 teams in one group. And yes, Anyone that I've talked to or anyone that I've heard about that in terms of involved in the sport in Europe uh, thinks it's shite. Pretty much. Exactly. And that's so, kind of the, and that's kind of the point that I was trying to get at is that is that it's it's like on the one hand, you condemn the one thing and then you come up with something that is likely as egregious if in a different way. But it's as egregious. And the people who are really paying attention is like, wait a minute, but you're pushing through your own thing. That's also kind of crap. And it's almost like you got to take advantage. You got to Trojan horse this thing right past. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, torch these Super League teams. Go after Kroenke. He's like, are you sneaking a thing past the lot? No, no, ignore that. Don't ignore that. Get them. Get them. Sanctions. Sanctions. It's going to be wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. And this ain't over. Because the teams that are doing it, number one, the teams have already exposed that they want to do this. So if the opportunity presents itself, they will do it again. They will find a different way. They'll find a different angle. They'll be like, what can I do uh, to get this done? Secondly, um, at some point, they're going to have to own up to the fact that UEFA did did come up with a proposal. I think it's like 2024, 2025, thereabouts, when they would theoretically put this new format in. Yes, that is correct. So like I said, uh, so Dave, you know. Right there. You see that? Yep. Football expert. Carlos does not change his name. He is a football expert. As I am. Clearly. Right. And that's that's all you need to know. I feel that this segment has made this abundantly clear, Dave. I, I think is, I agree. I would agree, Carlos. Yeah. I would, that's why I would this agree. pretentious cross country runner. And I didn't need a damn note. I didn't have a single note. Well, I mean, when you've watched that much uh you know, coverage. I have carefully studied this 
from every like how many other people are going to listen to this now that's another thing but how many people are going to listen or watch this and think man i watch a ton of sky sports probably zero probably zero indeed indeed right. that's right but the bottom line is this this all amuses me. Uh, now, the other aspect of it is also that, like I said, they're trying to figure out how, like, how can we punish these owners that did this? And I'm like, this is a little bit interesting because it's like, yeah, you can do that. But then and I was joking with Carlos Sr. because I said to him, it's like, oh, it would make me so happy if these owners decided to get be salty back and be like, if I was one of them, I'd be like, okay, here's our strategy. You, you, you guys got mad. You did all this. It's like, fine. You know what? Screw you guys. If I was one of the owners of those teams, I would do scorched earth. I'd be like, okay, trade off all the players, sell them all off, you know, uh, implode the stadium. Here you go. You can have your shit back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do that. That'd it's like, fuck yourselves. It's like, take that. How's that for you? It's like, but the history of Manchester United, you mean the rubble? It's like, we shall call it New Hamilton. <laughs> Enjoy your ruins. <laughs> it shall be glorious. You may protest at the ruins. They are yours. It's like, but we'll get another team. Cool. Go build yourself another stadium then. <laughs> You're going to have to finance it somewhere and you got to rebuild it. But I own all the IP, so you can't call it Manchester United. Call it something else. Yeah, I like it. I, I like, can we call it like Carlos FC? Yes, absolutely. It's like we built it upon a pillar of salt. It's like, no, the concrete all has a salt base. How did you do this? It's like it was thematically appropriate. The, it's like, what is this? This is the wall of salt. It's like, Carlos personally designed it. It's a wonderful I thing. like it. I like it, man. Thing. Like I said, um, I approve. I, I feel like I feel like I, I feel like I, I brought the heat to the segment, Dave. I feel like I brought it. Totally did. You totally did. Yeah. Let it not be said that football expert Carlos did not bring the heat on this one on episode 93. Anything else you got in your notes? Uh, no, that's it. I made I made even reference to the UEFA thing. Hey, there you go. I know, I know. Like, I mean, you were you are covering it, man. You were into this. You knew your stuff. No one can accuse you of anything else. I was ready. I was ready. And that's what you get when Carlos actually pays attention. Hashtag Save the Super League. All right, we're done with that. All right. <laughs> it was so good. So good. It's just the, the utter incompetence that was on display this week on so many fronts. Well, it's like the yeah. NBA thing. Look, I joke about it, but like the reason why this was so perfect for me to get into it was that this is like the NBA thing. Like, guys, I don't give a shit about the NBA, uh, but I love the drama of the NBA. Yeah. We, we talk about random Kyrie stuff. That's funny to me. Kevin Durant yeah. being a weirdo with social media. That's funny to me. That's yeah, fun. No, for sure. The NBA. And, I mean, this I qualified. like the NBA for the product as well. I enjoy, I enjoy watching basketball. Uh, right. But but it is never short of of drama. Correct. Right. And, and I feel more than any. other. I mean, other sports have their share, fair share of drama. Yes. Right. I feel like MLB may be second to that. But yeah. uh, but really, the NBA is on it like they are like the goat of drama. Right. They're on their own. But I got to I got to tell you, I got to tell you, good old, you know, my, my favorite sport footy. Like, let me tell you, they, they really, they really, uh, they really brought, they really brought it, man. They stepped up their game. They stepped up their game real hard. They really did. They, they really did. This is, this is some impressive work, my friends. Somewhere off in the distance, Kyrie is just like the meme. He's just like, or like, you know, the uh, wiser, the wiser hood or whatever the, um, which is the one with the guys that are clapping. It's the, it's mean? the liquor, it's liquor commercial. 
where it's the guys like, welcome to, I want to say the wiser hood or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is. Wi- it, wiser, yeah. yeah. Well, like soften the distance. Kyrie's like, yes, I, yeah, and, for sure. And he's like, it's like, y'all did be proud. He's just, you did be so proud. Let me tell you, if the earth wasn't flat, I'd go over there and give you guys a hug. But I'm on the wrong side of it. I might fall off. I like it. True story. True story, my friends. The only footy I acknowledge is Australian rules football. Fair enough. All right. What to next, sir? All right. All right. If you wanted to touch on the CFL thing, go ahead. All right. So um, this is this is a little bit interesting because it, it didn't quite come out the way I originally thought it did. So apparently they hadn't really announced what was going to happen this year. Uh, whereas I thought this was a bit of a walk back when I first heard it, but it wasn't. Uh, so they've announced that there is going to be a season. We'll see. Uh, it's going to start on August 14th. We'll see. And the Grey Cup is going to be played in Hamilton on December 12th, I believe. Oh, bless you. I, I, I had someone mention this to me, and it's like, so as my name indicates. Oh, now we're changing CFL expert, I see. As well, Dave, I got this. Don't Are you worry. Change it to wrestling expert when we start talking about wrestling? Mayhaps, mayhaps. Listen, I feel you kind of have to for this. Episode. I got, I got, I got this, man. Like, like I, I get. Did I not bring it in the last segment? And now you're talking. Now we're talking CFL. Yeah, you better the, believe. The, so I got they, this. this is the thing that I find interesting about the CFL, right? So they seem to think that with with vaccinations, mm. uh, basically, because that's really all you, all you've got at this point, and no uh, American in, players, in no American players, vaccination or not. Please continue. Yeah. Did they say that? I didn't hear that. You can have the vaccinations really you want. You got to open the border. Yeah, no, I think they're going to open the border to the CFL. Well, they, I mean, they're letting they're letting uh, the, the hockey play here. Anyway, because because the majority of the players are already Canadian. Ah. Like if they're inside the bubble, so be it. Like I, I would be very surprised. Again, it is there is a Canadian quota, so you know you're you're going to have a lot of Canadian players. Yes, I would not be shocked. There's some American players like, yeah, I'm not going to cross over, so then I can't leave for months. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think the majority of people will play that are under contract. But anyway, if it actually happens. But the interesting thing is right now, the areas where COVID is worse. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much. I mean, the COVID's not like it's great. Well, no, I shouldn't say great. But the best best area of Canada uh, with with COVID numbers right now is Atlantic Canada. Yeah, there is no CFL team in Atlantic Canada. The worst province, Ontario, has three of the nine teams. Yep. Uh, so it's quite possible, they've said, that they may end up playing ga- – like they're going to have a season, uh, but they may end up playing games, you know. Hey, let's say like – let's say, okay, season starts, Manitoba looks great. Okay, guess what? Hamilton, Toronto, and Ottawa, you're now playing your games in Winnipeg. The obvious decision, Dave, is you play every single game in the CFL inside the bubble – in the city best versed to house this in the province of Saskatchewan. You just do triple headers and triple headers and triple headers. So it's triple Regina, headers. Regina go. Is what yeah. yeah it's just, saying. it's just you. It's all you. And, and no matter what happens at the end of the game, they play green as the color. Yeah. Why not? And hey. the important thing is you do this and then you house the great cup in BC. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh, can we can we make that can can F you Saskatchewan be the title of this episode, please? Maybe. But so. li- li- Dave, you like I said, Dave, there's a reason why I am. See, I, I am 
I, I had to I had to catch up very that I had to, that's why I had to do such deep research into my favorite sport footy, I, in order to in order to catch up and understand the intricacies and the and the and the components of it. But the CFL, I have a multi year multi year reference point of of solid drawing. This is true. It's like what better way? It's like Saskatchewan, we're going to lean on you to house these. Games. And it's also to be fair. As, as much as you know, I love the CFL, and mm. your your trolling is not uneducated trolling. No, you, you know the league. Oh, I do. Right? This, and you have been have... to you have been to games in, I think, four stadiums, if I'm correct. Well, let me see. Uh, I think that's correct, but let, let, let's quickly run through. So we got the dome. Yeah. We got the we got the we got two versions of Hamilton. Do you want to get that as one or two? Okay. So, uh, well, I, have you been to Tim Hortons Field? Yeah. Okay, so three. Yeah, I made I made fun of their not completeness. I yeah. was there with you. Okay, so four, because right, so you got Toronto. Yeah. And you got old like Iverwin. Yeah. Tim Hortons Field, Tiger Cats in Guelph. Yes. And Ottawa, so five. Yeah, that's correct. Man. So and and re- preseason, regular season, playoffs in every section of the playoffs, and Grey Cup. There you go. And I even had to tolerate Bieber. So for God's sake, I'm a fucking expert. <laughs> Like here, the one the one thing I wonder is though, like I'm not convinced. I think like okay, it's good news that you have a plan, even though I don't know how much how well you're going to be able to execute the plan. But I'll, I'll give I'll give the CFL props for that. My concern though is if it doesn't happen, which is I think still, I would say this like fifty fifty at best mm. that this happens. Uh, you know, to what point do you say? To how long can you go without playing before really you just kill the league? I think I, I think jokes aside, I think this is the year, because it's one of those things. They're like, like you can't go two full seasons without playing a single game, and expect to roll that through. Because they already went hat in hand to the federal government. I don't think they've been offered any money yet. I don't think so either. Yeah, and I think they need like they're a gate driven league, yep. one way or the other. Like they have to physically have people in the stands, and a lot of them, and a lot of those clubs weren't making money even with people in the stands because they weren't having enough. People yeah, and I mean, but to be honest, like I mean, you live in Ontario as do I. Way things are going right now, what's the earliest you can see people actually being allowed into a stadium to watch um, any sport? Yeah, in any in any real capacity. I uh, mean, okay, fair enough. Like all all CFL stadiums in this province are outdoor. Yeah. Uh which I mean, that I guess there's a bonus there. I mean, the only I think I think BC is the only indoor stadium now. Uh, right. So, so, okay. You've got, you've got something there with it, with an outdoor crowd, but still like, you, you know, are you going to be putting 20,000, you know, 25,000 at best people, let's say 20,000, 20,000 people in a stadium in September and okay. August. Let, let's, let's throw something out there. Like, okay. So for this sec, for this section of this segment, I will take this question seriously. <clears throat> I have to adjust myself in the chair too. Probably. I mean, you could just cackle and then say no. That is, I mean, it's I, I could, I could. Dave, I did so well on the on the footy topic. I, I, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring it again. I'm bringing it again. Here we go. All right. So let's pretend we take this seriously. Let's pretend. Okay. The problem is. So let's talk Toronto specifically. Where is the Toronto Stadium? It's uh, BMO Field. So it's in BMO Field at Exhibition. Right. So it's right there. Mm-hmm. Now, in Toronto. Traffic is misery. Yes. Traveling in a car is misery. Realistically, if you're going to go to BMO Field, what is the most logical way for a lot of folks in the GTA to get to this place? The GO train. 
Correct. I don't care if you put 5,000 and say that. How many of them are in a, you've been to that st- you've been to that station. Multiple times. I've been to that stadium multiple you're pa- times. You're packed like a sardine. Yes. Because because it's like a pinch point. You cannot physically distance and get off the train. In order to get from the train to the thing, you still need to go into basically a narrow entry point where you're going to be bunched up with people anyway. Mm-hmm. So to physically get to the stadium, you're not so, you're not socially distanced anywhere between the train and physically getting off the train, getting across through the tunnel because you have to cross the threshold. You've actually got to get to the to the other side. Or even That's, if even if you're walking from say Liberty Village, right? Sure. To like go to the stadium where like you know if you do park, a lot of people park on on the other side of the tracks and have to come underneath, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot the, the 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 ability to social distance to even get to the game is yeah. is like nil. That but that that's the reason why I said like I said for this thing I can I can actually speak to it logically. Like if we take it seriously for a second, it's like I don't care if you say okay the limit's five thousand, still can't do it. Like you still can't. Um, realistically, it would just, like they've botched so much, and I'll speak mm-hmm. strictly for Ontario. They have botched so much. Like I said, I've been to the Ottawa Stadium. It's a nice stadium. Do you know how you get to the Ottawa Stadium? No, I've not been to the Ottawa Stadium. Buses, predominantly buses. Now, it, you're still crammed like a sardine because there's a whole line of buses on the street. You can do it, but it's very inconvenient. And by the way, those buses are generally packed. Yeah, I would and think even if so. You, yeah, even if you reduce capacity and say, okay, we'll use all the normal amount of buses and reduce the capacity to a third, um, you're still going to be pretty full because the buses themselves were packed. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you're socially distanced when you got to the stadium, but you were crammed like a sardine before. You were crammed like a sardine after. Um, you're begging for a super spreader event. You're begging. And heaven forbid you go to the little barn thing they've got there, the restaurant thing they've got there, and like the restaurants around it. And like they got a whole complex built around there. It's nice. I've been to it. It's nice. But it's, you're not going to be able to avoid people. There's no physical way. So that's two of the stadiums I just outlined. Okay, Hamilton. How do you, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to get there. You can get from the neighborhood. You can walk over. You can do, you've got a little bit more latitude there, but it's like you still got to go through the gates. There's nothing yeah. you can do. There's no physical way to make sure there's any kind of separation. And are they going to run if the capacity – now, in fairness, you know, in Toronto, uh, if they say 5,000, you know, it'll still be half empty. But th- the point is – Probably. The point but yeah, is, but can you, can you, can you survive financially yeah. with, with that much of a reduced crowd? Yeah, you'll lose money. Hand, you're, the, some of those teams are already losing money hand over fist anyway. So it's like it's almost – it's literally not worth it. Toronto is owned by like um, – I think is it it's still Bell? It's MLSE. Yeah. So MLSE MLS, MLSE owns owns the yeah. uh, who have plenty of money, darkness. but it's like are they even interested? Not really. Probably not. Is it even worth it? Probably not. Just another reason not to watch the Argos. Yeah. They're- like I I mean that's the thing. Like I I like I want it to happen because I obviously enjoy my CFL football, but I don't I don't realistically see how you can make this work. Like, look, if they could just play games with no fans or whatever, you know what I mean? If you could say, Hey, we could survive financially, no problem with fans or without fans. All right. If they said that the season is going to happen. Right. I, I have, I, I don't doubt that they could make that happen. Yeah. Right. You can play games behind closed doors. You can play get 
right? But the thing is, I'm not sure that the league can survive financially without full stadiums. And right now, I see no way in hell that they're going to be able to have full stadiums without it being a super spreader event, which means it's not going to happen, regardless yeah. of how many people get vaccinated in That's between now yeah. and then. Yeah. What ends up happening is, so by comparison, if you think about it, um, I, I don't know how it's been updated, but basically the, the television contract means it's about 5.6 million Canadian uh, for the domestic television deal with TSN mm-hmm. per team. You're basically going to lose money. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the Toronto payroll is right now, but like, if you basically have no money coming in from the stands, the TV deal isn't like, is the TV deal. And to be honest, to be blunt, I don't even understand why, um, you know, TSN gave them that much. Who are they competing with? Yeah. So how long did you say, how much did you say they gave them? So it is the equivalent of, um, so here I'll find, uh, I've agreed to a six year deal that runs through should be worth about 50 million annually for the CFL. So take about 50 million approximately per year divided by the teams. Okay. So that actually technically might be enough to make it happen. I'll be honest. No, because it's I'm like, just saying that because you have nine teams and their salary. Well, that's true. Cause I'm not including coaches, right? So the, the, the salary cap is about five point, what is 5.35 million. So supposedly. Yep. Right. Uh, so that's right. So if you did, you know, you're close with 50 million, but if you add <laughs> and, on and the cost of running the facility, well, I wasn't saying you add on the coaches, yeah, which are not included in that. You add yeah. on the cost of running the facility, the travel to and from. You know, you add on all the other stuff. There's no way you could do it without losing yeah. money. You're in the you're in the red all the way across. Absolutely, every and single. There are team. teams that are in the red anyway, even with fans in the stands. Yes. Yeah. So tack on, you know, remove that little piece of revenue stream that you got. You're probably not going to sell any merchandise. They're not going to buy it online, probably not in any numbers that are going to make not, a difference. Not to the numbers that's going to make a difference. Yeah. So what are you selling? No concessions. No real, you know, precipitous drop in merchandise sales. You're probably not going to get a ton of eyeballs. I don't care what they say. Even if they run the games, you're probably not going to get the eyeballs you think you are. The other, the other sports that are running games have seen their, um, have seen their ratings go down. Yep. So think about a CFL game, which again struggles. Uh, they can do okay ratings wise sometimes. It depends on the game. It depends when it's okay. when it's scheduled, who's playing, all that jazz. Yeah, exactly. Now take that and take the. Uh, the television product and try it with nobody in the stands and no crowd reaction whatsoever. What do you want to do? Pipe in some crowd noise? Yeah. For a lot of, for some people like that hurts the product. Like I don't care. Obviously I have, I have it on mute. I am not, I'm not listening to crowd noise. Yeah, exactly. But for some folks, it adds to the, the element to it uh, from a television viewing product. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, well, you just took a television product that for some people is not as interesting anyway and took away one more thing. And maybe you don't have access to all the players. Like I said, maybe some players would opt out. So you lose one more thing. I keep chipping away these little things. How long until you've got a product? It's like, well, yeah, it's on TV. Do I even want to watch it? Yeah, exactly. Right. Is it even worth it? Probably not. So it's one of those things we'd have to see. But like, I don't think the, the CFL model has been broken for some time but part of it is like i i still like i said as much as i make fun of the cfl and i am an expert clearly clearly your name says you are like do you need more no Um, i don't i don't but the thing is i still cannot and i don't care how passionate they are 
I already had fun at their expense. I don't care how passionate they are. I don't care about a league that has Saskatchewan as a team. I don't. Like, I don't. I don't take you seriously. I'm sorry. No. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Fine. Great. To me, it's the Western Football League with three Ontario representations. Oh, there's a team in Quebec. Whatever. Sure. Awesome. Go Alouettes. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, uh, like I often say, what do you think would happen if Quebec was a no-go? Because Quebec has its own issues, too. If Quebec was a no-go and Ontario is a no-go, we remove those four teams. It's the Western Football League. Who's watching? Yeah. The good news is that the Safeway commercials would finally make sense. That's true. Like, that for is the true. First time, for the first time, hey, the Safeway covers our region. All right. The fact that you cannot get national commercials and you actually have to air Safeway on TSN in Ontario and Quebec, where there are no Safeways, is the indicator. To, to me, they are so lucky that Bell actually overpaid for, to my mind, they overpaid for the television product. Probably, yeah. They, they do, like, what's that worth? Not that much. Can't, yeah, can't be worth that much. And I don't think Sportsnet is going like, hey, guys. No, they got they got other shit to do. I, I, don't they have darts? <laughs> it's like 180. Trust me. They get hyped. They get hyped and they stay hyped. It's true. They do. Indeed. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I am in the boat of uh, I, t- I tend to agree with the idea that I don't see it. Um, there are so many things working against it. Unless you do the uh, run in Western Canada, cross your fingers and hope for the best. Yeah. But I mean, even then, BC's not looking good COVID wise right now. So I'm sure you could run the entire league out of Manitoba and Saskatchewan. It'll be great. Something like that. Awesome. Everyone will love it. Yes. So, darts, you say? It's like this CFL game was preempted for darts. Isn't the game happening? Preempted for darts. Isn't that like a five-year-old dart? Preemptive for darts. Otherwise, is that a World Series of Poker? So shut up. Do-do. Hey. Yeah. It's all right. If you guys need anything, uh, if you have Prime Video in Canada, um, uh, I've, I've been watching Law & Order a lot, so you can check that out. They've got from season 10 on. Solid. It's pretty great. Law & Order is solid. Yeah, they got they got 10 seasons, the last 10 seasons of it. So Nice. Yeah, I'm a season 13. It's going great. Dun, dun. I, I've been enjoying it. Uh, I will say, though, it's a little too... I do enjoy the procedural to a certain point, but I will say, like, I would like a little bit of continuity between episodes. It's like, well, couldn't you... There's a couple episodes that's like, well, could you bring this character back so somebody could punch him in the face or something? Like, come on, give me a little continuity between one episode and another. Something. Anyway, whatever. So there you go. There's my little law and order thing. Um, So that's that. Anything else you want to touch on in the CFL thing? No, I think we've covered that really well. All right, sounds fair. As you know, as my traditional expertise. All right, you're gonna change your expertise for the next topic. All right, nice. Not just wrestling. You're a wrestling expert. Got it. I like it. Okay, so first of all, here's a question for you. Before we get into the the memorabilia conversation and whatnot, yes. Uh, so NXT has moved to Tuesday nights. That's right. Okay, is this admiss? Is that could that be seen or should that be seen as an admission of failure uh, and the success of uh, AEW? Oh, yeah. No, they, try, they tried so hard to throw in. 
um, WWE, and I'll give a little context for this. WWE tried to hedge its bets. It thought to itself, like, okay, we'll throw NXT at it. But then Vince McMahon walked in and started being like, okay, so we'll make it like our regular show, which was the opposite of what you wanted to do because the NXT audience was used to and enjoyed that NXT operated more like a traditional wrestling model. They gave you a more traditional wrestling product, a little bit more emphasis on the wrestling in ring. Uh, the stories were good, but they were simple in the sense that you understood what you were watching. You understood you could follow the plot lines and things worked. Um, but as soon as you started treating like NXT as basically almost like Monday Night Raw light. And as soon as you started grabbing main roster talents and throwing them on there occasionally to spike a rating, um, you basically acknowledge that, OK, so you're basically saying NXT is weak because you have to bring you know, Charlotte Flair down. You have to do this, that, and the other thing. You have Sasha Banks coming over and other uh, main roster talents to try to bolster it. And you basically just kept, you, without saying so, you acknowledged that um, the product itself wasn't good enough to compete. But then at the same time, you would try, you were also trying to insult AEW by saying like, you're not worthy of one of our main shows. So we'll send our, you know, our third or second tier show to compete with you. But we're not competing with you. But we'll stack the card if we think that your card's good. We'll come up with specials and stuff to try to stack it to try to compete. So we'll counter program, even though we're not competing with you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you kept doing this weird push and pull thing. It's like, but then over time, like AEW was winning most of the time. And then what happened is as soon as um, WWE did, um, again, uh, as kind of a continuing thread throughout the episode. So WWE then proceeded to do an own goal. <laughs> By uh, following up, right after WrestleMania, they finally gave up and decided to leave AEW unopposed on Wednesday. But right before that, uh, they allowed Chris Jericho to do an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin on the WWE Network in his Broken Skull Sessions podcast. And Chris Jericho proceeded to basically promote AEW on WWE's own network with Stone Cold <laughs> helping him and also talking about, oh, yeah, man, it's like I love I love some of the stuff you guys are doing in AEW. So Stone Cold is promoting AEW while Jericho is <laughs> promoting AEW on the WWE network. And then, points, and then that very Wednesday, AEW draws its second highest rating ever, only surpassed by the, by the first episode. And then this week, their first, their second uh, episode, unopposed, uh, they drew a 1.1 rating, which is not as high as Raw or SmackDown. But now, if they're if one million plus becomes a consistent, and they build off of that, it becomes highly competitive because Raw has times where they're like in the 1.6s, 1.7s. Well, if AEW show start, if it reaches the point where Raw is doing like a 1.6, 1.7, and AEW is doing like a 1.2, 1.3, all of a sudden they're almost getting the same rating as Raw which is embarrassing for WWE who has all the resources in the world, market dominance and their and this rating of this company that's been going for a couple of years that has a long-term contract with TNT now. Yep. And has plenty of resources to hang in there and is just comfortable building their product. And they're going to release a, and they've got a YouTube show weekly and they've got a second one that they've built now. So they they record these matches and create these shows that they can air on YouTube so people can see them for free. And they're also going to have another show that's probably going to be on TNT as well. So they're going to have another hour of live programming. And they have uh, their, their um, YouTube on Mondays, don't they? But I'm saying this is separate from them. Yeah. So they've because got, what they've happens got, is they, yeah. Yeah, they – what they do is they record a bunch of matches and they've got the commentary and everybody there. So they can create web shows to go along with – but what happens is then on the main show, they acknowledge the results of the web show. 
So it ties the universe together, saying like, actually, what happens on those has some relevance. They don't, right. they don't, they don't put too much storyline stuff in those, just so that you don't have to watch it. But just know that you know this wrestler won a match on Dark, and if you're curious and want to see that match, it is available on the YouTube channel. Go check it out, and you can go, you can go watch the match. And the match actually plays into the record, so that when you see them on Dynamite, the main show, their record's been updated accordingly. Yeah. And right now, one of the women wrestlers, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, um, is doing a thing where she's try- where she is a, as, a, as a smarmy bad guy. She is like mocking the concept of the of the win loss record. She goes, it is stupid. I am a star. I should have a title shot just because I'm a star. This win loss record thing is stupid. But since you insist on this win loss record, then fine. I will wrestle on dark. I will wrestle on elevation. I will, I will build up my record and then you will have to give me a title match. Right. Her storyline right now is that she is basically playing into the necessity of the win-loss record, which means she is going on all these shows and winning matches to build up her record, which in turn justifies the win-loss record thing because they actually show it on – so they try to create this sports presentation, whereas WWE, nobody knows what the win-loss record is of anybody. Secret. Most of the wrestlers have about a 500 record. They lose about as many matches as they win. Nobody really has any momentum except for the absolute top guys. Everybody's kind of the same. They're all pretty much shit. <laughs> so much so that they got a bunch of, rid of a bunch of talent this week. They did. But did you hear the story of uh, – so Mickey James, uh, one of the female talents who had been there for years as well previously um, and is like a six-time women's champion. So she is a legend in the women's division. Um, did you hear a little bit about what happened with her post, um, post-release? post No. So WWE, uh, as part of it, they have to send your stuff. If you, if you if some of your stuff is left in the locker rooms and stuff, some of the in some of the areas where your stuff is kept tra- uh, traditionally, you're already home, so they send you your stuff, right? Okay. What's left over? So they sent her, you know, the, the care package, quote unquote, uh, to give her her stuff back. So what happened is somebody at WWE headquarters thought it was a good idea to send them their stuff, but after they she opened the box, all her stuff was in a garbage bag with a sticker on it that basically had her name on it. So they threw all her stuff in a garbage bag, threw that in a box, and shipped to the box of the garbage bag. Classy. Yeah. Well, what happened is she went on social media, posted this, and he goes, thanks, WWE, for my care package. So then after, so then Stephanie McMahon and Triple H went out publicly and said, I want to publicly apologize for this you know, disrespectful treatment, blah, blah, blah. The person responsible for this has been fired. <laughs> like they literally have to go and say flat out, it's like this person, the responsible yeah. parties have been fired. Such a classy organization, that WWE. Consistently. They always know how to do the wrong thing. So, in a related note, tying it all together, I would like to preemptively announce, in accordance with the prophecy, the new Super League that will be run by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I can't think of anyone else who could lead the charge on such a noble endeavor and lead it to success. Yeah, okay. Wait for it. Y'all will look back on this and be like, how did you know? It's like Vincent Kennedy McMahon announces that he has purchased Arsenal and Manchester City and Manchester United. It's like, we will do the XFL. They're already, they're already, those initials have been used. You can't use it like that. But what if we spell it football? No, no, (laughs) no. As the Germans would say, nine. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. 
Um, so going on to uh, memorabilia then, since that was one of the shows. Do you? you I want to say you... that secret, secretly you enjoyed my XFL. Of course I did. <laughs> I of course it. I did. Tied it all together in a neat bow. Listen, this show has had a wonderful thread of cohesion. I want to say a yes. wonderful thread of cohesion. The own goal bit. helps, man. The really own goal did. helps. Really so did. do you own any WWE or other wrestling memorabilia? So I used to have some cards, and I think I still do. I'm not sure if I still do. And I used to have a couple of figures because I, I bought a couple here and there. Um, I really had no use for them. It was one of those things. So I just thought I saw them in the store, and they were like on discount. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll grab them. But then I realized, it's like, well, I'm not really going to collect these. And I thought it was kind of interesting. What I will say, though, and kind of leading into what I wanted to allude to about that, is that the one thing that I might consider, the cards obviously have now taken on a new popularity in the in the current vein of cards. As has everything. Correct. But um, one area that I would love to do, and the thing is, it's, it's, the problem is there's a lot of other priorities that I have collecting-wise. But one thing that I think would be kind of fun is I would love to get a couple of replica belts, certain specific replica belts, because some of them I enjoy. But another one that I would love to get a replica belt of as well is the UFC one. I want the old UFC title, though, the old one with the big UFC on it and the gold piece. And I would love to get a good replica belt of that because I think it would be a cool display piece. I would love to have it to put it in the to put it in the office somewhere. I have to find a wall and set it up and whatever, but it's not a priority for me. But if I was going to get a piece of memorabilia, that would probably be the way I would lean. Something like that. I do have some DVDs as well still uh, from old stuff. Uh, I had WrestleMania. Um, I think I still have a copy of it. I used to have WrestleMania 18 on DVD. And I do have some WrestleMania uh, Blu-rays. I do have a couple of those. So I still have that. Oh, and that reminds me in a second. I'll, uh, I'll tell you a little Blu-ray story that made me laugh. Um, so I'll tie it into that. But yeah, no, it would be, uh, I would love to get a couple of replica bells just because I think they look neat. The ones that are more intricate, the ones that look yeah. interesting. And speaking of NXT, to be honest, you know what is an underrated belt that people don't really know around here because it's off in the distance, but WWE still has it? What's that? Um, I will show you a picture of it. Have you ever seen the NXT UK title? Uh, no, but I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, so if I can just uh, – if you can find it first, by all means, I've got a picture of it here right now. So if you want, I can show you. Yeah, I see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That is a nice logo. But it's got, but it's got like the, it's got like the animals on it. It's like a, it's like a, like a. Yeah, it's kind of like got like the, U, the UK coat of arms, or I mean, it doesn't have the exact UK coat of arms. But yeah, it's yeah. modeled but, but, after that. Yeah, it's not intended to be the UK coat of arms entirely, but it's like to, it gives you a conception of it, like it mimics it in a certain way. But the intricacy of it, I like that. I like how intricate the design is. So to me, I think that's a really cool belt. To be blunt. Yeah. It so is it's a one of those. Cool belt. Yeah, so it's one of those things. I like belts like that. To me, those are interesting to me. Uh, that would be one that I would certainly be happy to have just because I think it's a cool-looking belt. If it's got a cool front plate and everything, I think that's neat. Um, not all of them are going to have that, but I think if they do, that, that's, where, that's where I'm interested. And, uh, but like I said, for me, the, um, for me the, uh, the UFC one, the original UFC one, I thought was one that definitely is worthy of that. I thought that's kind of cool. And the other one, of course, uh, to shock of no one, given kind of what I've spoken to a little bit already. Let's see if I can go here, do this quickly. The AW title, I think, is quite nice. Nice, yes. Yeah. Anything where there's a little bit of intricacy to it. If, there, if there's clearly some effort been put into the design of it, I approve. And I'll say the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling U.S. belt is also very interesting. Okay. 
So like there's a couple that I would consider, but again, it's that stuff's not inexpensive. Um, but it would have to be the under the right circumstances. Again, that would be something if um, if I honestly had nothing better to do at this point, because yeah. it's like uh, there's other stuff that interests me, but I do think some of these are kind of neat from that perspective. So let me quickly do this one here just to finish this uh, piece off. So check this one out. Uh, this is the uh, U.S. title for Japan. Yeah, it's nice too. Yeah. And that's really the criteria. For me, it's like I'm, I just like something that has a little bit of intricacy to it and it's got a cool design and they engraved it and made it kind of that – is, that in a way is an art form as well, like engraving it and coming up with a design for it that looks interesting. And not everybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. WWE has kind of really gotten lazy on that over the last couple of years. We're like, oh, well, it's a big W, guys. It's a big W. That's basically all you did. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so yeah. So from wrestling memorabilia perspective, that would be the direction that I would go. Um, because then I wouldn't really have to get a lot of pieces. I'd find a handful that I like, find ones that are sufficient quality. And then, uh, yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But I think one of the interesting things, so the show, which is called WWE's Greatest Treasures on a hmm. it's interesting to see because it, you like one of the things they're doing trying to find stuff, I guess they get – obviously, they don't show you this part of the show, but they get a lead on people who have wrestling collections. Hmm. So they're going to their house and it's – you know they've got a room or like their basement is just like a wrestling collection. It's, it's kind of cool to see some of the stuff that you know people have collected in, in various uh, means, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of cool just to see what – and this week they're doing – I guess they're trying to find something for Kane. I, I can't remember what exactly. And the uh, the urn that was used, the Undertaker's or Paul Bearer's urn that was used when he, like, double-crossed him and went to Kane. Okay. So that's what they're – that's what that's what this week's about. So I think that's kind of uh, – eh, it's kind of cool. I think there'll always be some aspect to it where you can have some fun because um, there are certain obscure things. And the wrestling world, with all its various storylines and things, there's a lot of obscure memorabilia out there. There are certain pieces that, from a collector perspective, would be interesting. Like I said, for me, some of these replicas. Here's some unused C4 from a deathmatch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, it's like, well, it didn't detonate the first time. I might be a little careful with that. Don't yeah, put it in exactly. the open flame. Wouldn't do that. Um, but I'll give you an example one. I don't think WWE is ever going to look for this one. But um, when Ric Flair did his run in WWF in the early 90s, around 92, um, he was still the WCW champion. He still had the belt. I think they had I think they had um, removed the belt. I think he was no longer – I think what they had done is they had stripped him of the championship, but he had physical possession of the belt. Okay. And one of the storylines when he came in, he was the real world's champion, Ric Flair – well, he was. There were some episodes of like superstars and stuff where he came in, where Bobby Heenan came in holding the belt to like show people, basically allude to who he was talking about. He didn't say Ric Flair, but he's holding the belt that Ric Flair right. owned, had in his possession. Because at that time, um, you had to put a bond uh, for the belt. And if for whatever reason there was some kind of a contractual issue, you could be like, I'm not giving you the belt back until we come to some kind of an agreement. And they would be like, well, we're going to keep the bond. Then it's like, okay, $25,000, but I'm keeping your belt. And I'm going to prance around with it. And then it reached a certain point where WWE didn't want to get sued. So they basically like blurred out the belt on TV, but they were like physically had the belt in their possession. <laughs> That's hilarious. So there's little quirks like that. There's these little little tidbits. Again, the wrestling business is, is pure carnydom. 
The whole oh, thing. totally. It's totally 100% is. Carnito. Um, but there's stuff like that. The stuff. Uh, now, could you imagine if that belt was a piece of memorabilia available? Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Because they would have some provenance. It's like it's the last belt he held in WCW during that run, and the belt that made it on the WWF TV. And that's the last time that would happen until later, where they would reintroduce the big gold belt, which is the one they were using, um, as part of the WCW invasion angle. And then they did the thing where the big gold belt was one of the belts that WWE would use. Yeah. They called it the World Heavyweight Championship. It was the big gold belt. Right. They would have to change it. They had to re-engrave it. But it was basically the same belt. With some changes. Yeah. So all these modifications over the years created these interesting little variations. If somebody is a belt collector, they can be busy just collecting all these variants. Because there were a lot of them. Yeah. It's cool. But I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, just a, like any sport, like one of, that's one of the things I like going, reasons I like going to the card show, the sport card expo, uh, because there's a ton of memorabilia that's kicking around there too. Right. Just to see, like, you know, even if you go, don't buy anything just to pay the admission fee to go in and, and walk around and look at all the stuff that's available. It's pretty cool. Yeah. In that same vein though, we'll see in the same vein of kind of what you were talking about as well. Um, like the the spring expo is obviously a no go because otherwise it'd be like in a week or yeah, two. Yeah, I'm so I'm I because I was hoping there's gonna be a virtual or something there, but nope. Yeah, well the virtual will be forthcoming. That one I know for sure. Uh, but that when's one, that gonna happen? Um, I know there's that there's nothing they, on I, the right. The website still talk about the virtual one that happened in November. Yeah, I but I know it's in the planning stages. Like, uh, I, let's put it this way: I'm pretty confident it's going to be in the next probably month or so. Maybe a little later because they're not, they don't have to wait too long because it's virtual. It's easier. They already have the platform and they know the platform works. So I guess it's just getting the dealers together and being like, all right, guys, formally, this, these are the dates we're going to do. Yeah. And coming to some kind of agreement on that. The fall one is the one that's still kind of like, we'll see. Because um, the national is still in flux. They did cancel the thing, uh, the Chicago Sports Spectacular, which was going to predate that by a, by a month or two. Uh, so that's a no-go and it's in the same venue. So the state of Illinois and Rosemont is going to have a lot of say in that. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I really thinking the expo won't be back until 2022. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, which is crazy because that's basically two years off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At least, it, yeah, it it would be right. Yeah, because the last one was fall 2019. Yeah. So we'll see, but I mean, I don't know the memorabilia stuff. Like the the amount of and it's interesting to see like. I mean, obviously, you have a sports memorabilia collection. I have a sports memorabilia collection, uh, right? But in terms of, like, what's in it and how big it gets for some people, it's just – it's interesting, right? And I, I mean, I don't have, like, you know, jerseys aren't a huge part of my thing or, like, big bulky items, right? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see some of these people with their with their WWE stuff or rest. I should say – I just shouldn't say WWE because there's probably some other wrestling stuff in there too, right? But it's it's just insane how, you know – much collection they have and like here's this random costume and here's this thing oh and i got some more stuff in the in this box that i haven't <laughs> displayed yet it's it's uh it's kind of it's cool in that way it's like just to see what people have like kicking around right yeah i think so but that's why i said like for me uh the belt thing is always interesting because that's one i know there are people out there that collect belts literally collect belts like stacks of them yeah. Um, now, mind you, that would get very bulky if you have enough of them. Uh, I think a handful is kind of cool. That's why I said, UF, to me, the UFC replica belt would also be interesting because I enjoy mixed martial arts. So for me, that one would be one that would certainly qualify. And I think it's a cool-looking belt. It has very much that big gold belt vibe with the previous iteration of it. I think that's kind of yeah. neat. 
Um, especially since that's the one that I, I watched a lot of great fights uh, where they competed for that version of it. They got a new version of it, which is okay. It's not nice to me, but I, I can appreciate it for what it is. But it is kind of interesting. Um, but when you start putting together the collection, you figure it out. You got to kind of figure out what it is. I could see, I could see it being kind of fun. You, if if you went, the, if you went the belt route, Dave, though, you could be just prancing around the house, going, "I am the champion! I won!" And just hold up the two belts. You know, just get two belts there and uh, and walk up and down the hallway. Yeah, I mean that would be kind of uh, kind of cool too. You could do you could do it during you know you you're watching some footy and your team scores and you run around with the two belts hoisted high. Yeah, sure. And then you know, Ben had a belt at one point. Yeah, and if Ben is acting up too much, you hit him with the belt and just go take that, brother. <laughs> Plays right into it. Done. It does. It really does. So yeah, can't question it. Anyway, Carlos, that and that is our talk with wrestling expert Carlos. It is. It is indeed. I am. I am. I am. But here to serve as a wealth of knowledge for you all. It's true. Indeed. Anything else we got? No, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I think we've we've covered what we need to cover. So the only important things left to talk about is the outro. But before we do, number one, remember the most important thing. The only thing that matters, Super Bowl novelty props. Correct. Second, not, That's not going to change, by the way. No, it never will. Um, the second thing is, get well soon, Juan Soto. We need you back, Juan Soto! Why? We do. We the, do the, need my only my only saving grace was that I is that I got to indulge myself in in my in my passion for in my passion for football expertdom. The salt, the beautiful beautiful salt. It's true. <sighs> Hashtag save the Super League, people! Don't forget. We need it back, guys, because I could get so much trolling mileage out of this. I need this. That's key, right? The mileage that Carlos can get out of this. That's that's what we need to remember is the mileage that Carlos can get out of these people. That entire segment should be like a case study of why we need it back. <laughs> if I could get that much out of a couple of days, imagine if I had more time, Dave. Imagine if I had more time. It's true. It's true. That That is true. It we is indeed. We'll give you that, Carlos. Yeah. So that's it for us. Um, I'm going to try to get this one up because, I've, honestly, this, <laughs> between making fun of Saskatchewan, that entire segment, that entire segment on football was Gold! Gold! So good. indeed, it really was. It really was. So there you go. And then uh, maybe next time we'll uh, we'll give all our picks on Champions League and you know UEFA and we'll talk uh, we'll talk everyone's favorite Concacaf. Uh, no, not really. I'll leave that today. Probably not. Without without the salt, without the salt, it's probably not. Matter. But TFC are playing a Mexican team this week in the Concacaf Champions League, so it probably means I'll have something to vent about next week. So does this mean TFC is still in? You know, what if TFC joins Super League? That'd be kind of cool. That could be kind of amazing. We, we, could, we could do that. That'd be great. Let's do that. Save the Super League. Let's do it. I'll just borrow some teams. For, just borrow some teams from MLS. Whatever. What's the difference? Whatever. Why not? I mean, at this point. Yeah. It'll give it'll give, it'll give somebody to do. Don't you want to see TFC and Real Madrid, Dave? Yes. Actually, I, to be funny enough, I have seen TFC play Real Madrid. Yeah, but like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be one of like five or six teams yeah. in the Super League by then. It'll happen every year. And then people will be like, eh. No, well, just think about it. Like, it'll be Real Madrid. Um, I think you said Juventus is still in it, right? Yeah, it's you, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus are the only three that have not formally said bye bye. Okay, so so then you get you get TFC. Um, you get uh, the White Caps, Vancouver. Uh, so that's five. Um, and you get it. You get a Timmy's. Timmy Montreal, why not? 
Yeah, sure, sure. And then you get a Timmy's a Timmy's hockey team. I'm uh, sorry, a Timmy's uh, soccer team. Okay, Tim one of the soccer. kids' teams. Let's yeah, yeah. All right, that's like seven. There you go. You got Good a league. Enough. I mean, in in you know by Canadian standards, that's enough. <laughs> I'm sure they'll draw just fine. Look at that. I got a shot in the CFL, a veiled shot, but still a shot. Hey, listen, the, the, the Argos might draw better as a football team. Maybe that's what they should roll with. It's like, we are now the Toronto Argonauts Football Club. Hey, you know what? I, why not? They, they should try it because it can't really get much worse. Yeah. It's like, what happens if they switch over to that? And then all of a sudden now it's like, okay, so what happened? The Argos are drawing. It's like their attendance is down. It's like, what happens? Oh, the Argos are only drawing 65,000. Yeah. But it's football and they're in Super League. Exactly. There you go. Now, once again, we have solved the problems. You're all welcome. Anyway, with that, that is episode 93 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. More ADSC to follow. We can pretty much assure you of that. Indeed. Yes, we can. Indeed. So for me and Dave, we will catch you in the next episode of the Unnecessary Football Podcast. <laughs>